Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And it's been another busy week of football. Have you been enjoying the football at the moment, Dad? Uh, yeah, some good matches, some not so good matches, but mostly, uh, well, any match is a good match. And we are recording this in a slightly different room. I've got to say it's not the most professional setup in the world. I'm on a stool, which I think could easily break. Are we precious about this stool that I'm just about sitting on? Not really. I'm not sure it's that professional and any week. <laughs> well, it can be. I mean, I currently have my microphone on a clarinet box and uh, you've got it on a hot stone massage kit, which I'm not sure if we've ever actually used before. But um, yeah, so back to the football. As normal, we'll have our usual features where we go through the top four divisions and then we're also going to have some rants some raves barn of the week as well as our ones to watch for next week so i'm going to start off by rounding up the premier league which has just been providing interesting results week by week and to start off with i wanted to mention the black country derby wolves versus west brom and it turned into a five goal thriller at Molyneux and uh, West Brom won it 3-2 away from home and it's only their second win of the season. First win under Big Sam. It's the first time they've scored three times away from home in a Premier League in almost seven years. So it's a fantastic result for West Brom who played really, really well and after going 2-1 down at half-time just showed really good spirit to, like I say, win 3-2. A worrying time for Wolves. Interestingly, one win in nine for Wolves without Jimenez. Do you reckon that is uh, one reason as to why they're struggling at the moment? Uh, yeah, definitely. You've got to think so. Anyone else in particular that you think Wolves have been missing? Obviously, Jimenez has been injured. I think Jota, of course, going to Liverpool, that's a big miss, isn't it? Yeah, Jota obviously going. And I think also Doherty, he's someone that for the last couple of seasons they've really uh, valued. But then also you've got Neto and Pedence, all really good players. So maybe just going through a bit of a wobbly spell at the moment, but a great result for West Brom. Still any more thoughts as to whether Big Sam can pull them out of the bottom three? Uh, maybe, yeah, it's going to be touch and go. Yeah, everything's so up and down at the moment. And then the other match I wanted to mention was Leeds against Brighton. Um, a really good away win for Brighton, 1-0. Mopé's 17th minute goal ended uh, Brighton's run of nine league games without a victory. So, like I said, massive three points for Brighton. And they deserve to win as well. Leeds looked really leggy, lacklustre, just two shots on targets for Leeds. Doesn't it just really sum up how up and down they've been to watch? And as fans, how must they feel about this season so far, do you reckon? Uh, I think they'd be chuffed mostly with the approach and some of the brilliant performances they've had but frustrated with days like yesterday and then I think you were talking to someone that potentially thought they could get dragged into the relegation battle uh, maybe probably I mean they've got enough quality in the team to keep away from that I thought so then looking at Sunday's matches obviously some really important fixtures took place um, notably obviously you had the Liverpool versus Man United match the massive rivalry in Derby, um, a lot of built-up chat about the match. I think I myself mentioned it as obviously one of my ones to watch. And, I mean, you could say it was underwhelming, obviously, as a neutral. We always want to see lots of goals in those kind of matches, but 0-0 was the final result. And I would look to it as a slight missed opportunity for both teams. I think um, more so for Man United, Liverpool didn't just haven't really been looking at their best. And if there was any time for Liverpool to finally lose at home, maybe that could have been the match. Um, some quite good chances towards the end as well for Man United. But um, overall, nil-nil. I think Man United probably would be happiest out of the two with the point. 
But it was a very interesting match and tactically, I think perhaps both teams looked a little bit nervous, maybe were aware, obviously, of the importance of the result. So I was, I was personally, as a neutral, a bit disappointed that it wasn't a few more goals and things like that. But then on the other hand, later on in the day, you had Man City against Palace, 4-0 from Man City, a fantastic performance from John Stones. He got two goals and I think that's three goals now in his last two matches, including the FA Cup match. So um, City just really impressive and continuing their fantastic run of form. And then also another big match, obviously, was Sheffield United versus Tottenham. Pretty comfortable win in the end for Tottenham, 3-1. And gosh, you've got to mention Ndombele's fantastic goal. It was just absolute class in the 62nd minute. Lovely little clip over the goalkeeper. And um, yeah, he's definitely a player that seems to have excelled under Jose Mourinho. So overall, some really interesting results. And if we just quickly look at the table, you got Man United still in first. So obviously they've played 18 on 37 points. Then you've got City game in hand with 35 points. Then Leicester in third, joint amount of games with Man United 18 and they're on 35 points. Likewise, Liverpool in fourth on 34 points. Tottenham have now been moved up to fifth. Then you've got Everton with a game in hand, 32. Then Chelsea with 29 points, Southampton and so on. Interestingly, Villa have dropped down to 10th, but obviously looking at their games played, they have got three games in hand on the leaders, Man United. So, yeah, the Premier League certainly just keeps on giving this season. And this Sunday, again, just sums up how open the title chase is this year. So that's my roundup from the Premier League. Uh, So Championship, some good games yesterday. First one, Bournemouth versus Luton. Bournemouth managed 64% possession, but uh, Luton won 1-0. 10 men, they were down to 10 men, Bournemouth from the 26th minute. Lerman caught Tom Lockyer with his arm, bit of a question mark as to whether it was intentional, but was sent off, so they played their last three quarters of the match with, uh, or two thirds of the match with 10 men, uh, but still quite dominant. Uh, but Luton scored the only goal of the game, Keenan Dewsbury Hall uh, on loan from Leicester. Bournemouth have only won one out of five. Uh, the third now, so they're starting to uh, dip a little bit, need to get a couple of wins under their belt. Text Luton up to the top half of the table, up to 12th. And Bournemouth down to third. And like I said, they're actually eight points behind Norwich now. So it's interesting how Norwich are starting to pull away. Uh, so disappointing day for Bournemouth. Derby, of course, Derby. Wayne Rooney announced that he's finished playing after a brilliant career, of course. Permanent manager, they've appointed him permanent manager. Uh, and you think that would give him a real good boost. But uh, they lost at home 1-0 to relegation rivals Rotherham. So... Not a great start for uh, for Rooney. Late goal, Jamie Lindsay scored in the 86th minute. And the home, they got the worst record at home. Seven points out of, uh, sorry, yeah, seven points out of 12 matches. And for six of the last eight matches, they failed to score now. So they really are starting to dry up. So he might have retired, but he needs somebody getting the goals like he used to get them. One of the matches was Jamil Blackman, uh, the Rotherham keeper. Interesting, actually. 27-year-old black English keeper. He's on loan from Chelsea. Actually, he's been on Chelsea's books for a thick end of 10 years. Been on loan to Middlesbrough, Osterousis, uh, Wickham, Sheffield United, Leeds, Vitesse Arnhem, Bristol Rovers, and now at Rotherham. 
10 years ish that Chelsea never really played a match. So it's interesting. Where is that? I don't know. Look. <laughs> uh, I think it sounds Norwegian actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, imagine, I said 10 years on Chelsea's books. I'm not sure if, how many games he's played for them actually. Yeah. But to keep somebody for so long and just let them out on loan every year, yeah. year after year after year. But he must be a decent keeper. He was man of the match actually. Derby 23rd, the one of three teams on 19 points, which includes uh, Rotherham. But Rotherham have now got two games in hand, so um, he's got some work to do, old Wayne. And the last one, um, Forest 3, Millwall 1. Obviously, Derby's big rivals, but Forest seem to be uh, getting going. That's only Chris Hutton. The seven games unbeaten. Now five points clear of the drop zone. So, yeah, Forest are doing really well. Millwall haven't won in four games, one of those funny teams, really. 16th, they're only a point ahead of Forest now, actually. So, yeah, Millwall, never quite sure what they're going to do. Uh, but I think you'd put your money on Hooton keeping Forrest uh, in the championship. Derby are a funny team because not long, obviously, Frank Lampard was there. And Were they in the playoffs with Frank Lampard or near the playoffs? Yeah, I think they got in the playoffs. And I think you've got to question slightly, you know, if a year after he's left, it's in such a bit of a mess whether he built a long-term strategy mm. or... But then, obviously, it's been a year, so you can't blame Frank. But um, it's interesting. It doesn't feel like it's got... It's well-rooted. They've obviously lost some good players... Doesn't feel like it's well rooted in uh, in success, that's for sure. Time for a rant. This is where, like the title of the podcast suggests, we let off some footballing rants that have been building up throughout the week. It might be stem from a match that we've watched, or it might be something that we've always wanted to have a little rant about. Um, so this week, my rant, I think it could easily for some people turn it into a rave and they might think it is a good thing, but I just find it very frustrating how players, when they're injured off the pitch, do a lovely little tactical, very dramatic roll back onto the pitch. Obviously, it's because they want to have the time stop for their injury, but I just think, I think this was actually stemmed from when I watched a midweek match, Spurs versus Fulham, which was 1-1 and Eric Dyer. I think he suffered, a, he might have like fallen into the barrier. Either way, he got injured off the pitch and then he did a very dramatic roll back onto the pitch so he could get stoppage time. For me, I think if you're that injured, you shouldn't be able to roll back onto the pitch anyway. Obviously, people said, oh, it's Mourinho masterclass. And it was only 14 minutes into the match. Where do you sit with this one? Do you think that their players are just being, you know, tactical? They should be getting their allowance if they're injured or do you think they should just stay off? Stay off, 100%. Yeah, good. So I think it's very annoying. Don't roll on. Just roll off, stay off the pitch. Roll off. So our mind's um, an obvious one, really. Player celebrations. And of course, we've had lots of publicity, FA, etc. Saying, uh, asking players, requesting them um, not to celebrate by hugging and kissing and jumping up and down on each other. Um, it's been mixed as to players or teams' reactions. Big Sam heard shouting, no hugging, no kissing (laughs) on match today, which was brilliant. (laughs) Some just couldn't help themselves. Some were very good. So I think it's a bit of a rave for those that are being good about it. So well done. He did well, Madison. Yeah, Yeah. well done to those who are doing it or not doing it. And a big thumbs down, really, when there's such bad news out there for footballers to disregard it. I think they should at least... uh, be able to do that. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Sean Dyche saying that they don't, sell, they don't score any goals, so he's not worried about <laughs> it because they never score any goals anyway. Well, so I was thinking they could get their creative juices flowing, you see, because often you've got the same celebrations, either it's like handshakes or dance. They could do some socially distanced trend going. So I think if you're a football player, maybe get the creative juices flowing. That's what I'm thinking. Get on with the match. 
from Roundup. So the first match I wanted to mention was Hull City versus Blackpool. Quite an interesting 1-1 draw, um, really where hum, um, Hull have kind of stumbled in their attempt to close the gap and obviously leaders Lincoln. And Reese Burke sending off after 77 minutes was quite pivotal, but apparently Blackpool up to that point was still very much in the match because um, Hull were winning 1-0 due to Wilkes's goal. So, um, like I said, Burke got sent off and then four minutes later, Blackpool capitalised and then scored. And um, like I said, apparently a very deserved equaliser. So in terms of positionings, Hull are still in second. They're one point ahead of Portsmouth, who have got a game in hand on them whereas Blackpool dropped down to 14th. So just making it even more interesting at the top of League One. And then also you had Peterborough versus MK Dons. Very comfortable. The score was very comfortable, 3-0. League One leading scorer, Johnson Clark, actually. uh, Johnson Clark Harris, sorry. He didn't take long to score with his 13th goal of the season, just seven minutes in. But interestingly... Which is why I said it wasn't as comfortable as it looks. MK Dons actually had twice as much possession and twice as many shots as Peterborough, but obviously didn't get many on target. They didn't score at all. So um, Peterborough are in fifth and then MK Dons are now 16th and just four points above the drop zone. So a bit of a weird one for them. And then finally, the last match was Bristol Rovers versus Charlton Athletic. A good 1-0 away win for Charlton, who ended a run of five games without a win uh, when Jake Forster Kasky's corner just went straight in. Uh, I didn't see it on TV, but I don't know if that was goalie or just in general a bit of a weird one. They held on despite Albie Morgan's 85th minute red card. Charlton are now lifted up to sixth in the table. So they're three points off the automatic promotion places, which is obviously Hull in second. And Bristol Rovers are 19th and one point above the drop zone. It's weird, isn't it, when you look at match like Peterborough versus MK Dons, where MK Dons had double the amount of possession. How do you reckon that works? Is football turning more into like a counter-attackive style, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think there are teams that absolutely play that style and it works brilliantly well for them, to be fair. So... Um, have as much case. possession, yeah. You know, have as much possession as you want, and not win. It's it, it's about who scores the most goals, really. So that's a roundup from League One. Uh, League Two, interestingly, nine matches in League Two. There wasn't more than two goals in any of the games, so it was a bit of a strange weekend actually. Out of the nine games, seven were draws, and like I said, only eleven goals in the whole nine matches. So there's only two wins. And I'll focus on those two wins as being this week's um, picks. So the first one was a. Uh, a real lower table clash, Barrow versus Scunthorpe, critical match. Uh, Holker Street, Barrow managed to win 1-0 and overtook Scunthorpe uh, going up to 20th place. Josh Kay scored in the 58th minute, in- assisted by Biggins, but there was a f- long delay. Luke James was knocked unconscious uh, and there was a 15-minute delay, Crikey. so 15 minutes added on time. So hopefully Luke James is going to be fine. Uh, it was Michael Jolly's first win as manager. Barrow had just two shots on target and Scunthorpe four. So I think Scunthorpe uh, gave him a proper game despite going down to uh, 10 men late on. Same games, they both played the same number of games and they've both got the same number of points actually. But Barrow have got a 10 goal better goal difference and minus two versus Scunthorpe's minus 12. So that might uh, might be really important as the season progresses. Next one, the only other win in the division was Leighton Orient 2, Morecambe nil. Uh, so Leighton Orient leapfrogged Morecambe to go up to seventh, pushed them down to ninth in the table. Two late goals, actually, 88th and 92nd minute, so it was a close game. Morecambe are two points behind uh, Leighton Orient now, but they've got two games in hand. Uh, there are lots of teams with games in hand, of course, these days. Uh, Knight, Percival, on goal and Angle, goal scorers. Orient had 74% possession. 
they've won the last three matches. Morecambe had won the last four matches, actually, uh, but it was a bit of a, a disappointing defeat. But I say, Orient on form and up to seventh. And finally, just one of the nil-nil matches. There was three nil-nil matches yesterday. Grimsby nil, Southend nil was the other bottom of the table clash. Uh, no surprise, I guess. A goalless draw, 23rd and 24th, the bottom two teams. Uh, didn't do either of them any favours, of course, really. So um, a bit of a stalemate. So out of those bottom clashes that I highlighted as being the ones to watch this week, Barrow definitely came off trumps. Um, interesting you said there's no more than two goals in any match in League 2. I also noticed that across the board recently. Um, is that due to, do you reckon this is a knock-on now of Christmas? and just, Or is it a bit of COVID? Is it a bit of everything? Not sure there's any reasons really. I think it's just it just goes up and down, doesn't it? I don't think there's a real reason. Right, time for a rave. And my rave, you kind of touched on it earlier, actually. You briefly mentioned Derby. So I thought, what with the news of Wayne Rooney's retirement from playing, that is a good opportunity to have a little rave about his career and what he achieved. And um, yeah, like obviously just really quickly reflecting back on him as a professional, made his debut aged 16 for Everton. And at the time he became the Premier League's youngest ever scorer. I think now we kind of see these young, a lot of British players that come into the league and everyone almost just bats an eyelid now to how young some of these players are. But I think Wayne Rooney is one of the first really young players that we ever saw make an imprint on the Premier League and Obviously, it was 13 years at United, five Premier League titles, won the Champions League, FA Cup, three League Cups. And um, he retires as the second highest goal scorer in Premier League history with 208 goals. What was it about Wayne Rooney, do you think, that made him, well, such a successful professional footballer? I think, obviously, he was very skillful. He had a great footballing brain, good vision. Uh, But I think he worked really hard. He was, uh, if he gets the Derby team working as hard as he worked. He was very passionate. Yeah, I mean, he, I think his all-round game was very good. Um, not sure he's great in the air, but certainly his dead ball kicks, his skills. Overhead good, kicks. Yeah, good team player. No, I think he was outstanding. And also quite interesting, I thought, throughout his career, he kind of transitioned well from your traditional centre-forward to then he turned into, I think, for... Derby in particular, he was more of a holding midfielder, sometimes even, I think, dropped further back into defence. So overall, just a fantastic Premier League icon, really, that you could say. And it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on with Derby. Obviously, they're second from bottom, like you said. Um, and their highest goal scorer, Colin Kazim Richards, has only got three goals. Do you think it's going to be too much of a task for him? This is his first ever managerial career. Is he? And he hasn't got any badges or anything like that, right? No, I think I'd... I'd say he'll probably sneak out, but um, it's going to be tough. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just thought my rave would be about um, Wayne Rooney and um, just what a fantastic, illustrious, very illustrious career, five Premier League titles that he won. What's your rave this week? Uh, Mine's about the Premier League and just how open the title race is this year. Uh, Obviously, last year, Liverpool walked it, really. And by this time last year, we're probably already saying they'd done it. Well, at the end of Saturday's matches, the top nine teams are split by seven points. Uh, you've got five, six or seven contenders, depending if you include Chelsea and Tottenham as genuine contenders to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but five or six teams wouldn't surprise you if Leicester won it, wouldn't surprise you if Man United won it, and obviously wouldn't surprise you if City or Liverpool won it. So I think it's great for fans, great, you know, it was getting a bit dull towards the end of last season where everybody knew that Liverpool were going to win it, but um, 
yeah, it's uh, brilliant to see an open Premier League. Also, you can flip that on its head as well because the bottom of the table, I know Sheffield United, well, as we're recording this, have only got one win, but also Fulham have actually started playing really well. West Brom have finally got a win under Sam Allardyce. Brighton have got a win. So I'd also say that it's open both ends of the tables. I know it looks hard for Fulham and West Brom, but um, all teams seem to be giving it a really good go. And like you say, from a neutral perspective, it's fantastic to watch such an open Premier League for a change. Barnet of the week. You go first. I think we might have the same one, I've got a feeling, but we might not. Go on. I doubt it. I've got Jamal Blackman no. uh, focused back on the Rotherham keeper who was man of the match at Derby okay, yesterday. Yeah. With his, uh, I say he's one of the few black goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, fairly uh, impressive, spiky Barnet. So, yeah, I'm going to go drop down to the championship. We're always nice. picking all the top players. So, uh, we'll give the Chelsea Loney uh, Barnet of the week this week. Okay, well, I've gone for back to the Premier League because that seems to be the only Barnets I kind of have my eyes on at the moment. And it's hard not to miss, well, Mr. Baby Oil himself, Adama Traore, obviously for Wolves. He's kind of just gone full on out. I don't think we've ever seen a Barnet like it. He's got blonde highlights, but to the max. I think he's got hair extensions. He's even got pigtails. What do you think about pigtails? Well... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he's so quick that um, people are saying even without, you know, obviously they say if you want to be aerodynamic, you should just shave all your hair off. But um, not for Dama Traore, he's gone to the max and it's looking very, um, very interesting to say the least. So, yeah, Adama Traore is definitely getting my barn of the week. <laughs> Ones to watch. So we're just going to go through midweek matches. So for the Premier League on Tuesday night, 8.15pm, my one to watch is, it's a bit predictable, but Leicester versus Chelsea. Obviously Leicester now undefeated in the last six matches in all competitions. Chelsea scraped a 1-0 win versus Fulham. I didn't actually mention that one, but I mean, good three points, but not playing fantastically. And then I looked at last season and both results were draws last time they faced each other in the Premier League, 1-1 and 2-2. So take that as what it is. And then Wednesday night, 6pm, I've gone for Man City versus Villa. Obviously, Villa have had their COVID outbreak, last two matches postponed. So it's just going to be interesting in general to see how the players get back and, you know, such crazy circumstances for them as a club. Um, And facing, obviously, City, who've seven wins in the bounce on all competitions. So that would be a very tough one. But it should be a really entertaining match, by the way, both teams have been playing. So they're my ones to watch for the Premier League. Championship, uh, you've got a couple of matches here. So Derby, talked about Derby already, who are, um, it's Rooney's second match at home again. So uh, need to get going, but they're playing Bournemouth. I said Bournemouth haven't, they've only won one of the last five. So um, they're going to be going there needing a victory. So Derby versus Bournemouth is a pivotal match for both teams, definitely. And the next one, two teams again, Notts Forest. Notts Forest are a team who um, seem to be on the up, another home match for them. Uh, a home to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough lost yesterday, home to Birmingham, bit of a strange one. Uh, the seventh, they've now fallen out of the playoff places and they're already four points adrift of six. So uh, you think Middlesbrough need to get uh, get a win and Forest need to keep winning. So that'll be an interesting, interesting clash as well. 
And then League One, Tuesday night, 6.30pm. Gone for Peterborough versus Charlton. Fifth versus sixth in the table. Peterborough undefeated in four matches. And then Charlton, they were on a bit of a bad run, but they were back to winning ways, like I said, on Saturday. So I just thought in general that should be quite an interesting clash. And then a bit of a different one. I've got Blackpool versus Northampton. Blackpool, they're 14th, so they're mid-table, not 1-4. and four, And Northampton are 20th, but they draw and won their last two games and they're only one point above the drop zone. So they seem to be gaining some kind of momentum and obviously they're right down there near the bottom. So I don't know, I just think it might be quite an interesting affair for those two in League 1. And League 2, you've got uh, Cheltenham versus Newport, two teams pushing for promotion. Cheltenham 6th and Newport 2nd. But interestingly, neither of them have won in the last five matches, so they both need to get going. So that's going to be a real important clash. And then two teams who are uh, on the verge of promotion, mid-table-ish, Morecambe 9th and Walsall 11th. Uh, Morecambe, a surprise package, really, probably, but it would have been fairly favourites to get relegated or be in the relegation scrap. Walsall, traditional mid-table team, so... Morecambe Walsall, whoever wins that, if somebody wins, they'll be pushing, trying to get up into the promotion places. That's it for this week for Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We'll be back with another episode next week. I can confirm that the wooden stall has survived. What do you reckon in this room in general? Could we keep going in this uh, very professional room that we're in? Oh, easily, yes. (laughs) So we'll be back next week. We'll see you then.